What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larry. So in this episode, I'm going to preview the Week 8 slate of the NFL season, which obviously Thursday Night Football already happened. The Bills bounced back from their loss to the Patriots last week and got a win over the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. In this episode, I'm going to preview every single game of the Sunday slate in the Monday Night Football game and give you my thoughts on each game. But before doing so, I'm going to recap what happened in the Giants' win last week over the Washington Commanders. The Giants had a big win, 14-7. And if you look at it, I know a lot of people are talking about the Giants like they have a quarterback controversy, which Tyra Taylor did play comfortably again. The Giants did get a win. Now they're 1-1 with Tyra Taylor as a starter. With that being said, though, I don't think he played well enough where it's a question of should Daniel Jones not be the starter when he comes back. I think Daniel Jones is still a starter for this team. Whenever he does return from his neck injury, which when he did suffer that neck injury, I figured it would be at least six to eight games, maybe even the whole season, considering a neck injury is very serious. And at the same time, he's had a neck injury in the past. And the Giants' offensive line has been so bad, even though they've been playing better as of late with Tyra Taylor as a starter. They've been playing a little bit better. But the Giants' offensive line was so bad with Daniel Jones in there that he would have been at risk to severely hurt that neck even more. So it made sense for him to sit and obviously take some time to try to get better. But in that 40-7 win for the Giants last week, it was very close when the Giants were up 14 to nothing at half and then barely held on to win the game. It was 14-0 at halftime, then the offense just went stagnant in the second half. And a lot of people, as I said, are mentioning the Giants and saying they have a quarterback controversy, but I don't think that's really the case when Daniel Jones is healthy. I still think he's the starter. The Giants only scored 9 points at 14 points in two games with Tyrod Taylor as a starter. We're only averaging 11.5 points per game with Tyrod as the starter. So it wasn't like he was throwing for four touchdowns a game with Daniel Jones on the bench. That wasn't the case. And obviously having Saquon Barkley healthy is a big reason that the Giants offense looks a little bit better right now than when Daniel Jones was the Giants quarterback in his last couple of starts when Saquon was out. And if you also look at it, Tyrod Taylor's playing a little bit easier of defenses, even though the Buffalo Bills defense is good. Last week going up against Washington's defense are an easier defense to go up against than the San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, the defenses that Daniel Jones had to go up against to begin the season, like Seattle, even Miami's defense, which they do give a good amount of points per game. They do have some talent on the defensive line and in the secondary. But if you look at the teams that Daniel Jones had to face to begin the year, the Giants were underdogs in a lot of those games. A lot of defenses that were better than the Giants' offensive line, that defensive line, and most teams are going to go up against a poor Giants' offensive line, like we saw in the Dallas game, like we saw in the San Francisco game, like we saw in the Seattle game. The Giants' offensive line was not good with Daniel Jones in there, and that was the problem. So Daniel Jones was just failed by the offensive line. Even though Tyra Taylor does look a little bit more comfortable, I think he's playing a little bit more comfortable and getting rid of the ball quicker, which is helping the offensive line look a little better since he's getting rid of the ball pretty quick. I think Daniel Jones can learn from that, though. I think he can watch this film and maybe try to figure out a way to see what he was doing wrong and maybe try to go through his progressions a little quicker and see, Tyrod did this on this play. Let me try to do this. Let me try to do that. I think he's going to try to do that when he does get back out there. He'll look at Tyrod's film, look at his own film, and he'll learn from that, which is obviously going to be good whenever he is back for the Giants as a starter. With that being said, I am rooting for Tyrod Taylor. He has played well. As I said, we have been one-on-one with him as the starter, and he does play comfortably, and obviously does take his time going through progressions, which has been good, and he does throw the ball deep as well. So still rooting for Tyrod Taylor to do well, but I do think Daniel Jones should be the starter and will be the starter whenever he does indeed return healthy. The Giants' offense has been struggling all season, averaging 12.1 points per game, which is actually the lowest this far into the season since 1940, which is obviously not a great stat to see there for the Giants' offense. The Giants' defense was great last week, though. They were brilliant yet again. They only had five sacks heading into last week. And somehow just erupted against a bad Washington offensive line, which that offensive line honestly looked just as bad as the Giants offensive line has looked all season. Both offensive lines are not good at all. But the Giants defensive line did take advantage of that Washington offensive line and made it hot on Sam Howell. He was sacked six times in the game and got hit 12 times. Bobby O'Carrick was great yet again. 11 tackles for him. 
Dexter Lawrence, six tackles, two sacks, four quarterback hits, and a tackle for a loss. Kayvon Thibodeau with two sacks, a tackle for a loss, and two quarterback hits. He has been great as of late. And Deontay Banks had his first career interception, which was great to see. Tyra Taylor was 18-29 in the game, 62% completion percentage, 279 yards, and two touchdowns. He did find Darren Wallace his first touchdown as a Giant. He had seven catches and 98 yards in a score in the game. And he also got Jamin Hyatt going as well. Tyrod found him with two catches for 75 yards. So the Giants were the Jets today. Both offenses are struggling. The Jets are at 18 points per game. Giants at 12. The Jets have won two in a row coming off a of bye week as well, which helps. There was a lot of controversy over the bye week about Zach Wilson going on a vacation with his girlfriend, which the way I see it is it's his bye week. He can do whatever he wants over that time, which a lot of players do take that time to go see family, take a break. Whatever they want to do just to get ready for the next week. Take a week off, though. And obviously, the rigor of the season in the summer, it's nice to have a week off and do things like see family, explore, whatever it may be. Just relax on your couch like Joe Burrow did. But Zach Wilson took the time to go on a trip and see his family with his girlfriend, which I thought was nice. I don't really have that big of a problem with it. It's his bye week. He can do what he wants. Wilson on the year has four touchdown passes and five interceptions. I do like Zach Wilson a lot. I'm rooting for him to do well. But the Giants need the W today, so I'm going to be rooting for them, obviously, rather than Zach Wilson. And if you look at Zach Wilson, he's playing a little bit more comfortably over the last few games and stepping in with Aaron Rodgers going down in week one. He's playing more and more comfortably over the last three or four games, which is nice to see. And I'm hoping he continues to stay hot over the course of the season, just hopefully not against the Giants. As with the Jets' defense, they've been a little bit underwhelming to begin the season. Even though they are a good defense, have a lot of talent, they're giving up a 47% third-down conversion rate, which is 30th in the NFL. They only have 13 sacks on the season, which is 24th. Other than the pass rush, really putting up better numbers at this point in the season. They're allowing 20 points per game, which is 13th in the NFL, which is very good. They're middle of the pack, but still good there, obviously, those numbers. As for the Giants, they will not have Evan Neal in this game, Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, or Gary Brightwell. Justin Pugh will be starting at left tackle today. The Giants are 2-5 on the season. The Jets are 3-3. Three three. The Giants need this win more, and I think that's why they get the W today. They need this win. It would be huge to be 3-5, and five, and then have the Raiders, and then have a big game against the Cowboys, then have the Commanders and the Patriots. They have a chance to be 6-6 six and six heading into the bye week if things do all work out. I believe that will be the case. At least that's what I hope. But I do think the Giants will have a chance to be 6-6 six and six at the bye week. Today will be a rainy day, though, so I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think the Giants win this one 17-14 with a touchdown from Saquon Barkley. And I think they have another big game from Kayvon Thibodeau, who will have a big sack in today's game of Zach Wilson. Next up, we have the Jaguars at the Steelers. The Jaguars' defense has been great. 16 takeaways and 48 points off turnovers this season, both of which are number one in the NFL. The defense has been very good. They've won four games in a row. Trevor Lawrence has been great this year. Eight touchdowns, three picks. I thought he'd have better numbers at this point in the season, but I still think the brighter days are ahead for Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne has been the best back in football besides Christian McCaffrey. 72 rush yards per game, 28 receiving yards per game, so 100 total yards per game on offense with seven rushing touchdowns on the year. The Steelers have turned the year around. Four wins in the last five games. Kenny Pickett just five touchdowns on four picks. He's looked a little bit better over the last couple weeks. George Pickens has started to get things going, which is great to see. 27 catches, 500 yards, two touchdowns. I like the Jaguars to win this one in a close game, 24-20 with a touchdown from Travis Etienne. Next up with the Browns at the Seahawks. No Deshaun Watson for Cleveland today. It'll be P.J. Walker as a starter yet again. The Browns won two games in a row, both of which started by P.J. Walker. No touchdowns or three picks in the games he's played in the season, but they went both games with him as a starter. They have relied on Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt a ton, as we saw last week in their win over the Indianapolis Colts. As for the Seahawks, they're allowing 10 points per game in the last three games after allowing 29 points per game in the first three games of the year. They have woke up on defense, obviously, in that Giants game on Monday Night Football. Was a start to the defense really turning things around. 
Both defenses are very, very good, though. Both allowing around 19 points per game. Cleveland allowing the least amount of yards per game in the NFL, 243 per game. I think the Browns win this one in an upset, 21-17, with a touchdown from Amari Cooper. Next up, we have the Rams at the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense has been great this year, 16.7 points per game allowed, fourth best in the NFL. The Rams are 2-2 two two in their last four games. They've typically played well after coming off a loss this season, so I do think they bounce back, and I think they stay close today. But I think Dallas wins this one 24-20 with a touchdown for Puka Nakua. I wanted to say the Rams would win this game, but I have a lot of upsets already in this week. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys winning this one 24-20. Next up, we have the Chiefs at the Broncos. The Broncos have not beat the Chiefs since week two of 2015. Patrick Mahomes is battling the flu right now, and it's not really the best game to be battling the flu. Even though he does have 15 touchdowns to six picks on the year, 288 passing yards per game. It's 26 degrees in Denver today and snowing. It's not the best environment for a guy that has the flu. Kansas City's defense has been great. 15 points per game allowed. Second best in the NFL with 22 sacks, which is seventh best in the NFL. Russell Wilson hasn't been bad this year. He's honestly been solid. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, 214 passing yards per game. Probably his last year as a starter in Denver, though. I think they end up cutting him or try to trade him after the season is over. It's going to be hard to trade him, so they'll probably end up cutting him. I think the Broncos will be very close in this game, but I think Kansas City wins 24-21, and my touchdown score of the game is Rasheed Rice. Next up, we have the Bengals at the 49ers. Brock Purdy will be starting today. Was looking like it would be Sam Donald midweek, but Brock Purdy has cleared the concussion protocol, and he will be starting in today's game. He has struggled the last two games, though. Both games, San Francisco has lost. He was put in an uncomfortable position in both games, something he's not been used to. And he hasn't really looked great. Two touchdowns with three picks. Has been regressing a little bit. I've never been the biggest Brock Purdy fan. I've always thought the numbers were a little bit skewed considering how good the weapons are there, how good the defense is, how easy the quarterback system is there in San Francisco, and how good of a left tackle he has in Trent Williams. I think the situation around Brock Purdy has just been perfect for anybody to step into. With that being said, they do not have Debo Samuel for today's game. So we'll see what Brock Purdy does without him. As for the Bengals, they are coming off a bye week, and it was a big bye week. The Bengals finally have Joe Burrow 100% healthy, which is great to see considering he had that calf injury before the season began and was plaguing him the first couple weeks of the year. He is ready to go 100%, which is great to see. The Bengals have won three of the last four games. Jamar Chase, like he said a few weeks ago, I'm always open. He wasn't wrong. Jamar Chase is starting to get back to the Jamar Chase we know, which is great to see, obviously. I think this game will be a very close game. I think the Bengals win. I think this will be an upset win for the Bengals. I think it's possible that the 49ers lose three games in a row. When things go wrong, they continue to go wrong sometimes. When it rains, it pours sometimes. And the Niners have lost two games in a row playing a good Bengals team. I know the Niners are at home. I know the defense is good. But I like Joe Burrow in the Bengals with an upset 30-27 to win in this one. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. This one's going to be an interesting one to watch. The Panthers are 0-6 on the year, hosting the Texans. The Texans have been good to start the season. This was one of my predictions when the season began. I said CJ Stroud would impress right away, and I thought the Falcons would be a respectable team. I thought they'd be competitive all season long, which is one of my best predictions from before the season began. I was high on the Houston Texans in their future in the next couple of years. I was very high on CJ Stroud, especially as a rookie. In this one, though, the Panthers are 0-6. The Texans are 3-3. Three three. You have the number one and number two overall picks going at it. As for CJ Stroud, the number two overall pick. 60% completion percentage just here, nine touchdowns, one pick, 1,660 passing yards. Bryce Young, 63% completion percentage, six touchdowns, four interceptions, and 967 passing yards. These two guys once went at it in eighth grade back when they played in California. They have not played since then, so this will be the first time matching up. And this is obviously a great game to watch considering the number one and number two overall picks. I think Bryce Young does not really have much around him. I think that's part of the problem and why he's been struggling to be in the year. When I watch him play, though, I still think he's making some good decisions. I just think the situation around him isn't really that great, especially the offensive line. The team isn't that great. They're not really that competitive. But I think Bryce Young 
and the Carolina Panthers surprise today. My biggest upset pick of the weekend is that I think Bryce Young has a big game today. There was a two touchdown passes, 250 passing yards, including one to Adam Thielen, and the Carolina Panthers win this one 27-23. And that's tough for me to say considering how big of a CJ Stroud fan I am, but I think Carolina's luck is turning. A lot of people were against Bryce Young and how poor he looked through the first few weeks of the season. People were calling a bust after four or five games. I didn't really buy into that. It's early in his career. The offensive line isn't great. I think he bounces back today, and I think the Panthers pick up their first win of the season. Next up, we have the Vikings at the Packers. The Vikings are 3-4 and four on the year, have a chance to win this one and be 4-4, four and four, which is huge considering how slow they started the season. After a rough 0-3 start, things were looking downhill for them, and they started to turn things around, winning three of the last four games and a close loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in that four-game stretch. I still said there's a lot of season left when they were 0-3. Still a lot of season to figure things out, and it looks like they're getting back on track. Jordan Addison has been sensational. I think it's the upside to a top-five wide receiver in the NFL in the next year or two. He's been great as a rookie, and I think he's going to take an even bigger step up over the next year or two. Jordan Addison is a future at the wide receiver position in the NFL, next to Justin Jefferson, his teammate, next to Jamal Chase. And with that being said, though, I think Addison was the best wide receiver of those first-round wide receivers in this year's draft. I think I was highest on Jackson Smith and Jigbar, if I remember right. But I did like Jordan Addison. I thought he was a very good player in college, especially at his days at Pitt. He was very good then when he won the Blitnikoff Trophy. But... He's already lighting it up, though, as a rookie, which is great to see. Speaking of other rookies, one guy I want to mention really quick, Puka Nakua, another guy I was high on heading into the season. He has been unreal as well. So two studs right there in this year's draft in Nakua and Addison. As for the Packers, they were hyped to begin the season, starting off the year a little bit hot. Then they've really struggled as of late. Jordan Love, 10 touchdowns to 7 interceptions on the year. They've lost three games in a row. And Jordan Love has really struggled. He's really struggled over his last three games. He has three touchdowns and six interceptions. He has really struggled. He's a guy I wasn't very high on heading into the season. I had the Bears, I believe, in my predictions above the Green Bay Packers. And the way I feel about the Chicago Bears right now, I don't think Justin Fields is the problem. I'm rooting for Bajan, obviously, to do well. The backup quarterback who will be starting for them today, a Division II quarterback that is a great story, making his first NFL start last week and got a win for the Bears, which was great to see over the Raiders. But I do think when you look at Justin Fields, I don't think he's a problem in Chicago. He's not the problem, I don't think. That offensive line isn't great. I'm higher on Justin Fields now than I've ever been. I truly am. Over the last like week or so, I thought about it, thought about a situation, watched a lot of this film. I think Justin Fields is going to be all right. With that being said, though, the Chicago Bears will probably have two of the top three or four picks in the NFL draft. They could go out there and draft a quarterback, and if they were to do so, I would love to see Justin Fields on the Atlanta Falcons. I think it would be a great landing position for him. As for this Packers-Vikings game, though, I'd like the Vikings to win this one, get back to 4-4. Four and four. I have them winning this one 31-26 with a touchdown from Jordan Addison. Next up, we have the Patriots at the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been very good this season. They've lost two games to the Bills and the Eagles, two very good teams, obviously, there. Two attack of has been great in his career against the Patriots. He is 5-0 and against the Patriots, which is outstanding, with four touchdowns and three interceptions which is very good. So he plays the Patriots very well. The Patriots are coming off a big win last week over the Buffalo Bills, though, a game that a lot of Patriots fans jumped back on the Mac Jones bandwagon and are starting to be a fan of him again. As I said before, it's a week-to-week -week league. Whether you look at teams that are the best in the league one week, they can completely fall apart the next week and lose to the worst team in the league. And the same goes for fans' opinions of players and teams overall. Players can be ripped to shreds by fans for months on end, like Zach Wilson, like Justin Fields was. And then all of a sudden they have a big game or two, 
And all of a sudden, people are back on the bandwagon and completely forget all of the things they said about that quarterback or that team. I think that's going to be the case with Bryce Young. I think it's a big game today. I think people will take back some of the things they said about him. And the same goes with Justin Fields. He's looked very good over the last couple games, except in that game he got hurt in a couple weeks ago. He was struggling. But I am higher on Justin Fields than most people. As for this Patriots-Dolphins game, though, the Dolphins have found a way to win games high-scoring, especially at home. They've been scoring a lot of points where they can really focus, use audibles a little bit more to their advantage, considering they can hear a little bit better at home without the crowd being as rowdy. I think the Dolphins win this game today. Two attack of Aloha, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Raheem Ostert, all have been great to begin the season. Tyreek Hill's been the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think the Patriots will be close in this one, though. I think they lose 27-20 with a touchdown from Jalen Waddell in this one. That's my touchdown score of the game. And the Dolphins win 27-20. Next up, we have the Ravens at the Cardinals. The Cardinals have lost four games in a row by 10 points or more. Their team has fought hard all year. I've liked what I've seen out of them. Gannon's a great coach. He does get a lot of effort out of those guys, even if it doesn't really show up in the box score and doesn't show up in the score. When you watch the game, watch it on film, they do play hard, playing and play out. As for the Ravens, they're coming off the biggest win of the season for them, blowing out the Detroit Lions last week. Lamar Jackson is back to his MVP form. Like I predicted before the season began, I said he'd be back to his MVP ways. I think this game's going to be a tough one for the Cardinals. They are the home team here, but I like the Ravens to win this game 34-20. The Cardinals could have Kyle Murray potentially back at some point. We'll see how that works in that offense. Josh Dobbs has definitely kept them competitive, though, in a good amount of games this season. But obviously, once Kyler Murray is healthy, he will be the starter for them. I do think they go in a different direction after the season is over. I think Kyler Murray will be traded after the season is over. Potentially, maybe to a team like the Atlanta Falcons. I know there'll be a team that needs a QB maybe after the season's over. Desmond Ritter probably isn't the answer for them. And I think they're pretty much a quarterback away considering the defense is good. They probably could use one more receiver, maybe one more offensive lineman. And that'll probably be enough with a great starting quarterback. That could probably be enough to compete in the NFC. But as for this team, though, and where I think they will go, the Cardinals, they're still probably going to struggle even with Kyler Murray back. But I think Marquise Brown would very much benefit from him being healthy. I think the Ravens win this one, though, 34-20. And my touchdown score of the game, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Next up, we have the Eagles at the Commanders. I think the Eagles win this one 31-20. My touchdown score of the game, though, is Terry McLaurin. The Giants beat the Commanders last week. They didn't look good on offense or defense, really. Even though the Giants only scored 14 points, the defense didn't really look great. The Giants' offense just went completely stagnant in the second half. The Commanders' offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. The Eagles' defensive line has a lot of talent. They can definitely pass rush a lot. That's why I think they're going to hit Sam Howells with the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. He's on pace right now to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. So, look at the Commanders' offensive line last week. They really struggled. So, that's why I like the Eagles to get a win in this one, 31-20. Next up, we have the Saints at the Colts. The Saints are a team that I've been off and on with all year. I sometimes think they're better than they are, and then I sometimes think they're worse than they actually are. They're kind of just a middle and average team. I do think they win this game, though, 25-20, and my touchdown score of the game is Alvin Kamara. As for the Colts, they've been fighting all year. Goddard Minshew has definitely kept them competitive. They've really shocked me. I think I had them at three or four wins in my preseason prediction, but they've looked a lot better than I thought they would. They play hard game in and game out. I do think the Saints win this one, though, 25-20. Next one, we have the Falcons at the Titans. Two struggling offenses going at it. No Ryan Tannehill for the Titans, so it would be Will Levis and Malik Willis as their starting quarterbacks. I believe Will Levis will get the majority of the snaps, but a week or so ago, their head coach, Mike Vrabel, said that both quarterbacks would probably get snaps. I think Malik Willis is a good quarterback. I probably am higher on him than I am Will Levis. I wasn't very high on Will Levis coming out of the draft. Thought he was a little bit overrated, but considering they got him so late in the draft on day two, it wasn't a day one pick like a lot of people expected. It's a great steal considering he was a day two pick when a lot of people saw him potentially going in the top five to ten right before the draft. So we'll see what happens in this game. A lot of the time, a rookie quarterback can step in and light it up right away like we saw with Daniel Jones right when he stepped in midseason and played against the Bucs in his first game of his career. He lit it up right away. 
there's definitely a spark when you put a new quarterback in. So see what the case is for the Tennessee Titans, though. I do like Malik Willis a lot. I think he's the better quarterback. We'll see how Levis does as a starter in today's game. As for the Falcons, I think they're going to win this one in a very low-scoring game. I'm going to go Falcons winning 17-13, and my touchdown score of the game is Drake London. Two underrated defenses going at it, giving up just 19 points per game. Neither offense has really looked consistent or great all year long. They do have some talent on both sides of the ball. The Falcons have B. John Robbins and Drake London. The Titans have Derrick Henry. I'm very high on Traylon Burks. I think he could be a stud receiver. He does get the opportunities, but he hasn't really gotten them yet. Unfortunately, he hasn't hurt this season, too, which hasn't helped. DeAndre Hopkins as well. He's a very good player. There's good talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, for both teams, but I think it'll be an even game, low scoring. I think the Falcons eco to win 17-13. Next up, we have the Sunday night football game. That is the Chargers hosting the Bears. The Chargers have really struggled. They're two and four on the year. They've lost two games in a row. The Bears are two and five, coming off a win. They've won two of their last three games. They beat the Raiders last week with Tyson Bajant as their quarterback. A former Division II quarterback from Shepard University, undrafted free agent. But he got the opportunity last week with Justin Fields being hurt a couple weeks ago. Stepped in mid-game and Fields got hurt. Then last week got the start. He was 21 of 29 passing last week. 72% completion percentage, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Dante Foreman was unreal in that game. 16 carries, 89 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Also in the air averaged 10.3 yards per catch. He had three catches of 31 yards and a touchdown. Three total touchdowns in that game by Foreman. He was an absolute monster. Big win for the Bears, 30 to 20. They're playing a Chargers team that has struggled, especially defensively. Even though the Chargers have a lot of talent, they have struggled defensively this season. Last game, they gave 31 points to the Chiefs. They gave 20 to the Cowboys, which wasn't bad. But overall this season, they are giving up just about 26 points per game, which is 25th in the NFL. The Bears giving up 27 points per game, which is 28th in the NFL. The problem with the Chargers is they're giving up 407 yards per game, which is 31st in the NFL. I think Brandon Staley's holding this team back a lot. That's definitely a big problem for this team. I think if they get rid of Brandon Staley, that team does have the talent to compete in the AFC. They have a lot of talent. I've talked about it a lot before. Shout out ClipK74 on YouTube. One of my buddies, a big Clippers fan, has a great YouTube page. Go check it out for sure. Big Chargers fan as well. And I've told him a million times, I think Brandon Staley's the problem with this team. they got to move on from him at some point. And obviously injuries haven't helped this team either. They have had a good amount of injuries like we've seen on the year. Mike Williams going down. Austin Eckler being hurt at times. That really hasn't been great. Joey Bowser as well has been hurt. I know a lot of fans are upset with him. But I think with him coming back from an injury, it's going to take him some time to really ramp up and get back on track. I think this game is going to be a close one. Even though the Chargers are big favorites in this one, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are expecting. I want to say the Bears are going to win this game just because I like Bajan a lot. I'm always rooting for that underdog player like Tyson Bajan. So I'll be rooting for them to win this game, but I do think the Chargers will win this one. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go with the Chargers winning this one, 27-23. I do like the Bears, though. I'm rooting for them. They're a team I've started to like all season long, just like the Cardinals. Two teams that aren't really that great, not that much talent on both sides of the ball, but they play hard week in and week out. The Cardinals, the Bears, they play hard week in and week out. And I do like Justin Fields, as I said. I'm higher on him than most people. I think he can be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I'm higher on him than probably most people on ESPN, most people on social media. A lot of people have given up on him, though. I think his future is bright in the NFL, especially over the last week or two. I've thought about it, watched a lot of this film. I don't think he's the problem there. So that's my pick, though, of the game. I'm going to go with the Chargers winning this one, 27-23. And my touchdown score of the game, I'm going to go with... DJ Moore. I'm very high on DJ Moore. Very good wide receiver. I wasn't very high on him in years past, but this year I became a bigger fan of him than I was in years past. He's my touchdown scorer of the game. And so for the last game of the slate is the Monday night football game, 
which that'll be between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Detroit Lions. The Lions are coming off a tough loss last week to the Baltimore Ravens. I think they bounce back in this one considering the home team. Jimmy Garoppolo will be back for the Raiders. Hopefully see him find Devontae Adams a little bit more. they got to get Adams a little bit more involved in that offense. Throw him in the red zone. Get him a touchdown. Get his confidence up. I'm a big fan of Jacoby Myers. Probably one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. He's been great to begin the year. I think the Lions win this game, though. I'm going to go by a score of 30 to 23. I think it'll be a close one. A lot of my predictions are very close games, like one-score games. That's what the NFL loves. So I typically go with one-score games on predictions, unless I really feel like it's going to be a two- or three-score game. I go with the one-score games because that's what the NFL wants. They want close games to go down to the wire week in and week out. So I could be wrong on some of these predictions, a lot of them being closer games than people would expect. But I think they're going to be more close games than not. That's what I've noticed over the last couple years in the NFL. So that's my prediction for this game on Monday night. I think the Lions will win this one 30-23 and my touchdown score of the game. I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers. So a touchdown score of the team that's losing. I'm going to know Jacoby Myers scoring in this one. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.